We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, everybody. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow coming to you Sunday night uh, following the Mavs loss to the Sacramento Kings, 111 to 99. That was the third straight loss to the Kings and the third loss to the Kings in less than 15 days. Um, I'm here with Josh Bow. We're going to talk about the game a little bit, but I'm not really sure what there is to say. Um, yeah, Josh, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, uh, same old shit. I mean, this basically followed the last two Kings losses down to a T. Uh, the Mavericks couldn't play any resemblance of competent defense. Uh, the Kings are n- not a complex offensive team, but straight line, dry, straight line drive dribbles and high pick and rolls were apparently too much for the Mavericks to handle tonight. Um, they just they couldn't guard anyone. Uh, they couldn't stop dribble penetration and then they could not defend the rim at all uh and then on the other side of the floor the mavericks i think started okay offensively and they think the kings were very content with letting uh luca and dwight powell do whatever they want in the pick and roll so long as that means that their shooters uh, aren't getting hot i think dorian finney smith only attempted like one shot in the first half uh and i think the mavs attempted 11 threes in the first half and I figured that that was the Kings game plan was to just uh, shut down the shooters, just stick to the shooters. Don't help on the, on the pal Luca pick and roll and just let them do whatever they do with the rim. Just don't give up a bunch of threes, but then the second half happened and they gave up a bunch of threes, but the Mavericks could not shoot. Uh, could not hit the outside of a barn. It was, it was hor- horrible. Uh, Finney Smith and Maxi Kleba, two of the more reliable shooters on the, on the team so far this year, uh, combined one for 12 from three, and a lot of them very good looks. Uh, Luca had a very bad game from three, took a lot of bad threes. Uh, this resembled a lot of uh, early season and last season Luca, I think, from from three at least. 
Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's another one of those games where the Mavericks play a team that has nothing to play for. They don't look like they are particularly interested in playing the game. They get run off the floor in the first quarter and then they kind of slowly crawl back into the game. But, you know, when you when you lose the first quarter to this team, a team as bad as the Kings by 10, you know, you can you can do all you want to try to get back into the game. But sometimes that's it. Like sometimes, you know, that's that's the game. Uh, and that's what yeah. happened. And it's, it happened the last two games, too. Uh, so well, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of talk from fans about the refs and. I think that we should maybe discuss like the specific technicals like Rick Carlisle saying in post game right now that he's only received four technicals this year and they're all from the same guy. Um, the Mavericks and the Kings played a strange game. Like there were like the Kings had 26 fouls called on them and the Mavs only had 16. So it's not like the Kings weren't getting called for fouls, but what happened in the second quarter and then in the third quarter is the Mavericks got into the bonus and then simply didn't shoot free throws after that. Um, The Mavs ended up shooting 31 free throws uh, as a team, but a lot of those were in the first half. Um, And it was, it was just kind of a strange rhythm, a strange going like Luca got ejected uh, and watching some of the, the replays from international league pass where you can see like the camera just hovering on things. He actually didn't do anything like that's, that's going to become a thing in the coming days where it's like whatever that one ref's problem was with Luca, uh, he was out to set an example. And, you know, that obviously is not good, but Luca has a reputation and some of these guys are tired of it. Uh, but the refs didn't, didn't cause this game. The Mavs played sloppy ass basketball as yes. they do on the second night of back to backs. They can't defend. Um, you know, Dorian, who's just been so important, just got lit on fire again tonight. I, I just, I feel bad for him because they, they keep, you know, they had him guard Bagley. They had him guard healed. They had him guard all sorts of people. And he just didn't do a good job because he's not that kind of defender. Like, I don't know why we have to keep repeating this. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. Josh Richardson once again played the kind of game that makes you question why he's in the NBA. He's awful. I don't like watching him. His shot sucks. His decision-making sucks. His defense has, you know, even when it's good, he then fucks up the next part. So, I, I <laughs> you know, we, we should probably chalk this game up to these guys being very tired, but I don't like making those kind of excuses on their behalf because this was the deal. Like, you know, why power through and become the fifth seed and get so excited about it if you're just not going to care the next game? Yeah, and the Lakers are up by three as we're talking in the first half against the Raptors. If the Lakers win, which, I mean, they should. The Raptors are are not as good as the Lakers. Uh, they'll be right back to seven. Yeah. And I think there's something to the Kings personnel just being a really horrible matchup for the Mavericks, and I think there's some truth to that. I think the Kings have enough kind of explosive guys and, and shooters and the Mavericks kind of play a slow, deliberate pace, and I think the Kings like to throw games into chaos, and, and I think they get up and down the floor uh, pretty decently, and they've got a lot of good athletes, even if... Uh, well, the transition defense, I mean, it's been a problem for years. Like, it's oh yeah, a systematic bad. problem. And, you know, 
the ones that really stood out to me were, were Josh Green's two terrible corner threes that hit the rim so hard that I thought it might break the rim. Like shots like that, when they bounce off hard are basically turnovers because you have to figure out who you need to get in transition. And the Mavs just aren't good at it. You know, Jalen Brunson spends his life getting run over in the lane. Like he thinks that's his version of transition defense. And he does like, like he, I saw him on the floor five different times tonight on defense and it's like stop you know that, that's not transition defense guy like pick up your man um the whole team has this problem though i and yeah. it, it's like a constant thing game after game and i don't i don't understand how they're surprised by it you know yeah i don't either uh especially like a team that's as bad as the kings and i mean kirk they basically were missing their i mean you could argue they missed their three best players i mean they didn't have burton went out yeah, like, they had. They, they didn't have this game. I don't care yeah. how far down they were. Yeah, they didn't have Fox. They didn't have Barnes, uh, and then Halliburton uh, got hurt. Uh, I think right in the early in the third quarter. So, yeah, this is weird, you know. And I, and I think what I was kind of talking about, like you know, the Kings kind of have the Mavs number, and that might be like true. And I, I'm gonna, I'm, I've already seen people tweeting stuff like, uh, well, it's, you know, sometimes weird things happen. The Timberwolves have swept the. The Utah Jazz. Yeah, I don't care about that. I don't, like, I don't, I don't know. Care that's about what, weird things happening, you know? I know. That's what I'm saying. The problem is the Mavericks are in a position where the weird things happening really hurt. And there's uh, – they can't really hand wave it away because if things go the way they should, uh, you know, we'll be done recording before the, long before that game ends. But the Mavericks will likely wake up tomorrow morning in seventh place. And they have to play – the Nets and the Heat uh, on the road, I think. both. I don't know if both of those are on the road. I know the Heat game is on the road. But those are the next two games. Uh, they drop those two games. If Portland and L.A. you know, win their next couple of games, I mean, the Mavericks could be two, two games back uh, or you know, three games back of, of, of the sixth seed or the fifth seed and, and stuck in that seventh place play-in game. Like, well, and it's I, all of their own doing. It's a yeah, season it of... It's a season-long commitment to shitting the bed yeah. at the worst times. And, and that is a collective issue. You know, Luca should probably take the most burn for it because he shows up for these national games. He had 20 assists and one turnover last night. And he had six turnovers against the Kings. Mm-hmm. But that sort of lack of focus is something that he has to get better about. And, and I mean, that second quarter he was responsible for a lot of the maelstrom, a lot of the nonsense. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure someone listening will be like, well, the, the Washington wizards weren't like a net, you know, but the wizards have something to play for. They're one of the hottest teams in the league. They have Westbrook and Bradley Beal. Like it's obvious, you know, Luca, it's not just, you know, it's obviously national TV, but also like just good matchups. And that was like a good matchup. You know, the wizards are, are on a hot streak and they have, you know, one, they have the guy, I mean, I think Beal is leading the NBA in scoring. So like, uh, you know, that's obviously a game that Luca can get up for, but yeah, you know, these poor starts, if Luca is the leader of the team, regardless of how unfair it is for him to be thrust into that role at his age, uh, you know, if you get the accolades being an all NBA guy, first team all NBA after your second season, you kind of have to take, take this part, part of it too, which yeah. is your team doesn't look ready to play games against terrible teams that have nothing to play for. And like, I don't know what it is, but you, you know, part of that, you know, I know Rick Carlisle likes to take, take that excuse uh, for him, you know, saying like, Oh, I didn't get these guys ready to play, but that's part of the deal when you're the guy, right. Is you right. got to get your team mentally focused and prepared and in a state of mind to play 
play good basketball, take care of business, because regardless of how me and you feel about the pieces around Luca, and you know, we could, could talk all all damn night about, you know, the the supporting cast, but this was still, you know, it's still a better roster than what the Kings threw out there. Um, and maybe some of our more negative fans will will disagree, but they just have to win these games. And I don't know with the, with how weird this team is. Maybe they do beat the Heat and the Nets. I mean, would you be shocked if they did uh, this season? Just it just defies logic in a lot of ways, and it's uh, I don't know. I'm that's part of why I'm kind of ready for it to end. Not like the whole season, but I'm ready for the regular season to end because I just want to get to the playoffs and I want to start like seeing how this team, this specific version of this team. Uh, reacts in a playoff environment because this regular season is just such a roller coaster. It it feels impossible uh, to learn anything else uh, at this point. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. you know, the one the one thing that I will take away from this game is this is why you know Tim Hardaway is pretty important to the team. Yes, um, mm-hmm. his sort of uh, like willingness to to. Him and Brunson serve very different roles. Um, Brunson is is very his attacking off the dribble is really important to what Dallas does, but he doesn't have like this this wildly athletic pull up game, and and he's still not super comfortable from three, despite being a really you know pretty dang good shooter. Uh, but Hardaway's just willingness to take the tough shots sort of stood out tonight uh yeah really because he wasn't there to take them and that third quarter yeah they they lost the third quarter 26 to 18 18 points against the worst defensive team in the league uh and that's in that what we talked about uh, i know it was on the washington pod but the pod before that um that's like his thing is he just erupts for like a six minute stretch and he turns a loss into a win or at least a more competitive game and i feel like Mm. Him that third quarter would have been perfect. They desperately needed someone to just make shots, uh, and that's what he—that's what he's put on this earth to do—is to shoot and uh, to put the ball in the basket. Um, and they really needed that. They didn't have anyone to do that other than Luca. So you're right. Yeah. I don't. There's no one else like Hardaway. That's what's really. I mean, I know you wanted to go short. Sorry. So this might go to okay. a tangent, but. Uh, You've you've hinted along that there's no one on this free agent market that's really comparable uh, to Hardaway in terms of someone the Mavericks could actually get. Uh, so he's very important to this thing, and they need to bring him back. Yeah, I think because people misunderstand aspects of shooting because it's one thing to get these catch and shoot shots that Luca gives players. That's pretty important. Mm-hmm. But some nights those shots aren't necessarily available in the high volume level of difficulty where he often has guys drapes on him is, is pretty key. And so what the Kings were doing in the first half, for example, where they're just staying home on three point shooters. Yeah. Hard for me to imagine. Like that's the sort of shot that Brun or that, that Hardaway really just continues to hit. Yes. Um, it yes. drives some people crazy when he's on cold streaks, but it's, he's good at it. Yeah. It's like a, ta- it's a talent thing. Like the catch and shoot is like, you know, Finney Smith and Kleba cannot, you know, they can't really create their own offense. They're just, they're getting whatever Luca gives them. Uh, and when they miss, that makes it more especially frustrating. Hardaway, like for, like you said, as frustrated as it can be. I mean, how many times have we seen him get the ball at the top of the key with the shot clock winding down and possession is, is all blown to hell. And he, he does a little crossover between the leg dribble and knocks down a three. And uh, he's one of the, I mean, it's basically like him and Luca and maybe Brunson, like, 
you know, I don't think Brunson is, is as good as an off ball, uh, off the dribble shooter as Hardaway. Um, but like, it just goes to show how important that shot creation talent is and what it looks like when you take it away is what you get tonight. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then I, I guess the only other thing I want to say is, is Maxi and Dwight were horrible at guarding the rim. I know Dwight had three blocks, but uh, it was not pretty outside of those three blocks. Uh, those guys got eaten alive uh, on the inside. So that sucked too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's not really much more to add to this. I mean, my yeah. wife is next to me and she, she thinks that my, uh, my, my tweet or my comment about the, the season long commitment to shitting the bed was not a great one. And <laughs> my, my point with that being is that they have so like the, the season has been a commitment to attempting to control the uncontrollable resting guys and trying to gain wins and things like that. And, you know, despite being now, they're still eight games above 500. What, what I mean by all that is, is there's at least five to seven games that the Mavericks let go for whatever reason, where they're, where they're, you know, they, they rested Luca in the bulls game in like the fourth or fifth game of the year. And <laughs> yeah, they're not good enough for that. No. And there's just been this this season long assumption that the Mavericks are in control when they're not, and that they lose. You know, they're the fifth seed and now they're the seventh seed, and they're frankly playing from behind now is yeah. very frustrating to me because there's going to be excuses made by both the team and other aspects of the press that cover the team about why that's okay, and I just am not that interested in it. There's there's a certain level of control that you have on things. The 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 areas where the Mavericks do have control, namely uh, energy, um, they they just haven't had a season long commitment to that. And you know, losing against the Kings three times in fifteen days is a black mark on Luca and the rest of the team. You know, it, it frustrates me. So. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, they could beat the Kings. Uh, I mean, sorry, they could beat the Nets and the Heat in these next two games. But like at the end of the day, if they are the seventh seed and they and they're they finish like tied with Portland or they're a game back, it's like, look, man, you had these three games. Like they those, yeah. you cannot you can't make excuses. Luca, I think played in all three of these games. Like, you know. I like how you talk about control. Like they, they kind of lost control of this season uh, with the COVID stuff. Uh, Cause that put them in the hole and um, that's unfair. Like, you know, it's not like that's their fault, uh, but that's the card. That's the hand that got, uh, they got played. So, you know, I don't know what, I don't know. I, I don't know what else to say uh, because I really do think that we're going to see a, a drastically different team in, in a couple of days against uh, Miami and then against Brooklyn, even if they lose. And, and that just, you know, they got to they got to figure out this way to play better against bad teams, which is like the stupidest thing to say about a team that's going to be in the playoffs. But yep. here we are. Yep. All right, guys. This has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo talking to you on uh, Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Um, I'm going to run probably a short locker room that people are really going to probably want to <laughs> talk forever. But uh, you know, I just. There's only so much beating a dead horse we can get into. Right. Um, We'll be back with you. When do they play again? They play against the Heat on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday night. So we'll be with you Tuesday night. This has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe. Thanks so much for hanging out, and we will talk to you in a couple of days.